As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome back to Atlantic and Coastal, the Athletics ACC podcast. I am Andy Bitter, the Virginia Tech football beat writer and your host of Atlantic and Coastal. We're back after the offseason. We took a hiatus in the offseason. Football is firing up this week, so we're bringing back the ACC podcast as well. We're going to try to get it going at least once a week. Hopefully have some bonus episodes in there as well, uh, twice a week, sometimes like that. But I think from now on going forward the rest of the season, you can count on us having an, an edition of this podcast out there all the time. To start out, though, before we get to the football side of things, I did want to talk about this realignment thing going on. This happened when we were down at the ACC kickoff in the smack dab in the middle of gearing up for the football season, and then Oklahoma and Texas just dropped this out there right in the middle of everything, uh, sort of a nuclear bomb going off in college football. Uh, I just really wanted to talk about it from the ACC's perspective. I think it's a league that is really in a tough spot when you look at it, not necessarily from a, a perspective of getting poached right now. Uh, as I'll talk with Matt about, there's a grant of rights that's kind of keeping everything together right now. But long term, you're looking at a league that needs to do something to shake things up because it is going to be facing an incredible financial hurdle against the Big Ten and the SEC that are just lapping the field in that regard. And you don't want to go into uh, an academic year down $30, $40 million just in TV revenue to some of these schools. So it's going to be very interesting, a very challenging time for new ACC Commissioner Jim Phillips uh, I can't imagine this is how he wanted to spend his first uh, football season on the job is dealing with something like this and sort of dealing with this existential crisis about what you do about the conference going forward. But uh, this is the business he's chosen. This is why they get paid the big bucks. So it'll be interesting to see what his response is. So we're going to talk with Matt Fortuna about this, uh, our national college football writer here at The Athletic. He's got great ACC perspective, and I enjoyed this conversation. Okay, joining us now is Matt Fortuna, 
one of our national college football writers here at The Athletic, co-host of The Shamrock. That is our Notre Dame podcast. For people who don't listen to that, you should start doing that because it's such a great podcast. Uh, Matt, thank you for coming on the show. Andy, thanks for having me. Can't imagine we have anything to talk about. I mean, you know, what? Cancer just starting. Um, we just got back from Charlotte. You know, everything's really stable in the college athletics world right now, right? Yes, very stable. Uh, obviously, realignment uh, is the elephant in the room here, so we should talk about it. I think it's interesting. We were at the ACC kickoff, and we as a group of athletic writers were talking to Jim Phillips. When this realignment news broke, we came out of that meeting and I got back to my seat and another writer was next to me. He's like, oh, so the world is ending, apparently. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, And I couldn't get back on the internet right away. And all of a sudden I look and it's like, oh, Texas and Oklahoma uh, are going to the SEC. And I thought about it. I'm like, man, we saw Jim Phillips in his last moment of just like <laughs> bliss. <laughs> like, the, like just ignorant bliss, not knowing that any of this had happened. He's sitting there. He was so nice to talk to us. And he was... Uh, you know, just a very personable person and everything like that. Uh, so I thought that was kind of funny. Let's lay everything out here just uh, for people that haven't kept up uh, with the realignment uh, that's going on here. Texas and Oklahoma are going to the SEC in wink, wink, 2025. <laughs> that's when they say they're going to be going there. We'll see if that actually uh, holds up or not. Uh the Big Ten and the SEC are going to be lapping the field from a media dollars perspective. The Big 12 is hanging on for your dear life. The Pac-12 is still out in left field. Who really knows what's going on with them? And then there's the ACC, which is what we talk about on this podcast. It has the worst deal, worst TV deal of all the Power Five conferences right now. It is extended through 2036. Uh, the league is sort of on the precipice of being left behind financially here, so I'll leave it to you, Matt. You are commissioner, ACC commissioner Jim Phillips. Pop quiz, hotshot. What do you do? Wow, I didn't think we'd get a speed reference in our first couple minutes here, but happy to play along. What do I do? Um, first and foremost, and I'm assuming he's doing this already, I'm reaching out to the current members, particularly Clemson and Florida State, and doing everything I can to, um, I don't want to say the word comfort, but you know, give them guidance, give them the leadership that they think they deserve, and let them know that there is a plan forward. Uh, we're not going to act irrationally here, but we know what we're doing. We are, you know, for, for everything you just mentioned, Andy, all of which is true, um, you know, the, the, the positive of that 2036 um, deal with, with ESPN for ACC Network that we have right now is that we have a grain of rights locked into there, too. So if you, any of you are even thinking of leaving, like you basically can't. Um, I, I put it, probably wouldn't put it in such stark terms to, to the presidents and athletic directors at those schools. But I would say, look, we, we have more stability that, than anyone else in the country right now. And we're always um, going to be active and engaged with whatever's going on. I would remind them, hey, I came from Northwestern. We at the Big Ten expanded twice for three different schools during my tenure as an athletic director there. So I know uh, I had a front row seat to what works and what some would say didn't work. Um, you know, you can debate all you want whether uh, Rutgers and Maryland were worthy additions or not. I, I tend to let's think the positives outweigh the negatives from a footprint standpoint, but I all ears to people who say that, you know, they haven't exactly um, been positive additions to the conference for a number of other reasons, which is a fair opinion. But I, I think 
when you look at the the national landscape, you've got Greg Sankey, who's obviously the old head in the room, obviously read the room very, very accurately in saying three of the guys here are in their first or second years as commissioners. The other one, Bob Bowlesby, I just stabbed right in the back. So he's irrelevant as far as I'm concerned in the SEC. Um, you know, I can do what I want here. So Jim Phillips, I think he's the second newest guy. Uh, George Klavkov, the Pac-12 commissioner, is the newest guy. But if you put Kevin Warren in there, who a lot of people thought Jim Phillips would be the Big Ten commissioner instead of Kevin Warren because he had more of a college sports background. You look at Kevin Warren's background, you look at Jim Phillips' background, and despite the fact one of them's been a commissioner for a year longer than the other, I think you could think one's a lot more better versed in this um, discussion than the other is, and that would be Jim Phillips. So um, I, I would just try to stabilize things as much as possible, reaffirm that we're always going to be on the lookout, um, but we're not just going to add for the sake of adding. And I don't mean to you know look at you, West Virginia, but you know anyone else who might be interested, I, I just don't think it's something that we need to do uh, just to keep up unless we think it's going to be a good long-term addition to our brand and to our financials. We made a good point about the grant of rights. And I feel like this is being lost in some of the discussion that is out there. And for those that don't know, the grant of rights is basically everybody in the league cedes their media rights to the league for a certain amount of time. And the ACC, that's through 2036. So if you were to leave, say Clemson or Florida State were to leave, they would have to leave their media rights behind with the ACC. Uh, that's probably not the entire 32 million distribution that they hand out each year, but it's a good chunk of it. It's, a, it's a, a very large chunk of that. So you're talking about over 15 years, hundreds of millions of dollars that you could be giving up. So I, I think that's the key difference here between the ACC situation and the Big 12. The Big 12's grant of rights was up through 2025. That's pretty soon. Uh, you know, that's still four years away, but, you know, in college football terms, that's pretty soon. That's something that you get close enough to it. Maybe you can negotiate around that and, and pay a, a big exit fee to get out early on that. 15 years feels like it kind of locks the league in for a while. So while I feel like, you know, people kind of rag on the ACC's TV deal, and they should for the dollars that they're getting from it, it's uh, at the same time the thing that is keeping the ACC together right now. Uh, and uh, why you should not take any reports from uh, regional uh, ESPN affiliate radio hosts uh, too seriously about Clemson and Florida State talking to the SEC. Maybe somebody has chatted with somebody from the SEC, but it's not serious. They're not leaving at this point. I'm curious, do you know what the legal standard of, of grant of rights is? Like, nobody's ever challenged that in right. court. How, how serious could that be if somebody actually goes, hey, you know what, we're going to challenge this and see if we can get out of this? It's one of those, like, buzzwords, right? You never talk about it ever until realignment. Like, that's the only time you ever even hear the phrase grant of rights. And then, you know, uh, those of us who are better versed than others have an idea of what it means and everyone else catches up and tries to figure out what it means. But no, I don't know if that has been challenging court and you know you mentioned it that's the big difference between now and the last time when the ACC did get poached when Maryland left for the big time was there's a grant of rights now that in theory stabilizes and secures the future of the membership of this league as far as you know challenging the legality of it it's funny you mentioned that because you know one of the things I was looking into was if you're the ACC you need something right to 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 renegotiate or reopen those talks with ESPN to get more money. And it's not going to happen without something changing between current membership and the future. 
obviously Notre Dame is the elephant in the room and you know they're a money maker for everybody and if Notre Dame were to join the ACC full time the ACC can then go back to ESPN and say look we've got a new makeup in our conference we're now commanding this this and this what can you do for us and so forth uh, I, I think there was a little bit of anxiety initially of well if you're going to reopen that TV deal through an addition, be it Notre Dame or someone else, um, does that open the grant of rights? Like, so say Notre Dame comes in, they're, they now have 15 full members, they're going to ESPN to basically renegotiate a new TV deal. Does the grant of rights then cease to exist? And Clemson, Florida State, whomever can say, oh, actually, we're just going to go to the Big Ten for free. Um, talking to people around the league, there are people looking into this, not necessarily lawyers, but I know schools are looking into the language here to figure out what that would mean. And it doesn't sound likely. Now, again, it had, none of this has ever been challenged in court before, and you never know what's going to come up or how it's going to be spun when a lawyer uh, well-versed in this kind of talk can, can get his, his or her hands on it and, and present his or her argument. Um, to to get out of the grant of rights. But the way the language has been conveyed to me by people in the ACC is basically any new member automatically you know abides by the conference bylaws, the conference rules, assimilates in as if nothing else happened. And presumably the grant of rights would be within that. So it hasn't been challenged. I don't know. I'm trying to think of a hypothetical where like say Clemson or Florida State like does have talks with the SEC and they're hung up on this, you know, what's the risk reward of challenging that in court? Because again, that's so much money that it's not going to make a jump to another richer conference worth it for you in the short or even long term, probably, if you have to pay this thing out completely. Um, you know, th- that's that's an analysis, a cost benefit analysis that, you know, if push comes to shove, these schools are going to have to eventually weigh. And I, I can't imagine they would challenge it without having full confidence in whatever their legal team is that they could get out of this thing. It does not look promising right now. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Well, in the short term, it solidifies the ACC, at least. It's not you know, on the verge of dissipating like the Big 12 is and those eight remaining teams kind of clinging mm-hmm. together. Oh, everybody's got like one foot's out the door and one foot's in. Like, we're in this together unless the Big Until Ten comes calling, <laughs> in which case we are out of here in a heartbeat. <laughs> Uh, I, I, it's funny. I, I look at the message boards and stuff. They read all this stuff, and everybody has the realignment plan on the message boards. They're like, here's what I would do. And it's like, you have to follow the basic rules of realignment. And these are the basic ones. One, you always have to be going for more money. Like, no school is leaving for less money. So anybody that's like, well, if I'm the ACC, just go grab Penn State. 
doesn't work like that. Penn State is not leaving the Big Ten no. and the cash cow that they have here. Two, basketball does not do much for this whole thing. So I've, I've seen people say, oh, they should add Kansas for the basketball and have an elite basketball product. Football is what drives the revenue in this whole thing. And if you're really doing this, that's first and foremost what you have to be looking for. The SEC has known that for years. <laughs> Look at where they are right now. Mm-hmm. They're going to be at the top of the heap. And third, short of a miracle, Notre Dame is not giving up its football independence. I want to talk about that last one a lot. You are obviously a Notre Dame expert here Uh Every ACC fan says, well, just add Notre Dame. <laughs> okay, well, make them. It's not that simple to try to get the Fighting Irish into the ACC full-time. You have been around that program. You have talked to people up there. It's just never going to happen, is it? Well, I'll come back to your point real quick. You brought up something that, that reminded me um, earlier this week, and it's I like your Yankee cup, by the way, as a Yankee fan, even though I think you're a Twins fan. I am a Twins fan. I just this is a souvenir from about ten so, years ago. Uh, you asked me about Notre Dame. I have a souvenir season. Irish Cup that my wife got at a game years ago that I'm drinking nice. out of right now. Um, you you mentioned basketball. Um, I think by the time this podcast release, the story will be up. Uh, a couple of us did a basically a realignment draft where make up your own no rules. The rules are whatever you want. Um, eight of us are going to go in a snake order draft, pick ten schools apiece. No, again. Feel free to build this thing out however you want. And at the end of the day, we're all going to make our arguments. And in my case, I'm going to try to sell it to ESPN or a television partner. Why mine's the best. I got Duke with the uh, with a fifth round pick. You might have heard of their basketball program. But anyway, pretty good. That meant I think there were some success. 40-something picks before Duke was even picked. And we're on the ACC podcast, so I got to mention it. Um, one Power 5 school did not get picked among the 80. Care to guess who it was? Who would that be? Wake Forest. That doesn't surprise me. It surprised me a little. I mean, I don't think of the there are a lot there are a lot of Power Five schools. I think of well beneath Wake Forest in a number of different factors uh, before, but it is a small private school and it's in a state with other bigger um, college brands. So I mean, I, I get it, but it surprised me when we looked up and saw that that was the case. But to your earlier point about Notre Dame, yeah, financially, like I'm sure I've said this before, and I know it's been written before. Pete Sampson's written a lot on this, and he's done a great job on it. It just makes they they lose money by staying independent. Like they would make more money by becoming a full-time member of the ACC or another conference. Um, that I think NBC, that's what everybody forgets. Everybody thinks that this NBC contract is, oh, they've got their own contract. Oh, so much money. They're leaving money on the table by not joining the conference full-time. When they shared it, um, when they joined the ACC full-time last year, and it's like, oh, they're going to share their NBC deal. Like That was such a headline for so many people, and I'm just like, it's not that much money. <laughs> it's, right. it's like 15 a year, which, I mean, it's not nothing, but when you compare that to what, you know, schools and conferences are getting from their uh, conference payouts, it's not that much. I think there's a prestige to being independent. I I will say, like, I think the idea of being a national university is easier to do in 2021 um, in or out of a conference. I mean, if, you know, hypothetically, if Notre Dame joins the ACC full-time tomorrow, I don't think a school in northern Indiana is limiting its – you know where its student population is coming from by joining a conference that's 
predominantly on the I-95 corridor. Like, I still think it'd be a national university. You could still play a non-conference game against a California school every year and so forth. So I don't think it's, you know, as important now as it was 10, 20 years ago, but still very important. And I would argue, you know, the realignment reshuffling going on right now um, makes it even more valuable because everyone in every conference right now is on edge, no matter how big or small these schools are. There's a, a cloud of uncertainty hanging over everything in college football right now except for Notre Dame like they own their own content they have fighting Irish TV they don't have to worry about inventory concerns with their home football games those all go on NBC when they want them to go on Um, they've got it really good right now and they have a a, a huge alumni base uh, that donates a lot of money and will do whatever it can to, to bridge whatever financial gap may exist by not joining a conference in order to keep that football independence and you know the only thing that would really make a change, I think, would be um, access to a championship. And guess who's running the four-man working group <laughs> that developed the 12-team playoff? Notre Dame Athletic Director Jack Swarbrick, who I think made way too big of a concession, in my opinion, by giving up the uh, potential for a bye. I think that severely inhibits Notre Dame's chances of one day winning a national championship um, by by play, basically playing an extra game in the playoffs again, a worse drawing uh, moving forward, if they get through that five twelve matchup, but um, you know that's like their names like got it really good right now. I just don't see like I was talking to uh, someone else uh, in the media today who said, you know, why don't all the commissioners just get together, or whoever makes up the playoff, get together and say like all in or not? And I said it's a great idea, but like you think Kevin Warren wants to do that? I'm sure he's holding out hope that twenty years down the road, if <laughs> Notre Dame's still an independent, that maybe he'll come down to the Big Ten. Like I don't think. Like, I get why the ACC obviously wants them to join because, like, that's their their one foot in, one foot out right now. And contractually, if they join a conference, they have to join the ACC before 2036. But if you're the Big Ten or the Pac-12 or whomever, there's no benefit to seeing the ACC get that cash cow when it could theoretically be going to your back pockets if you were to be in play to land them. So um, I get the anxiety. I get the frustration, especially from coaches. Um, and the ACC, who are playing Notre Dame a lot more than they're playing a lot of their own conference brethren year to year, which is another uh, rant for another day. But I, I just don't see a need for them to change right now. Like, it just right now, like during this time of instability, is when it's like, yeah, like they've got it really good right now. That's when I think it opens more eyes to why they are independent because they just like maybe Texas could do this. Obviously, they're not because they're going to the SEC now, but I don't know too many other programs that could, you know, pull off what Notre Dame has been pulling off all these years. Yeah, it's really the only school that can do that. And I'm with you on the access part of it. I think if uh, somehow the access to the the playoff was cut off to Notre Dame, that that would make it change its mind. But to do that, you'd sort of have to have every other conference gang up on Notre Dame. And what the other conferences aren't going to do that if Notre Dame's just going to join the ACC. They're not going to help the ACC out in that situation. Uh, it's interesting with the 12-team playoff and access. I, I think that helps Notre Dame immensely. Uh, I actually disagree with you a little bit on uh, giving up too much in that whole thing. If I'm Notre Dame and I don't have a top four seed, but, you know, say I'm the five seed, I get a home game against the 12th seed, you know, get that extra home game there, go to the next round where it's a quarterfinal and, and you're off at a neutral side. I don't think they're giving up too much uh, in that, especially since, you know, for, you know, since, um, the BCS and everybody, everybody's complaining about, oh, Notre Dame doesn't have that 13th game, that that 
you know, to run the gauntlet to go through the SEC, you got to play 12 games plus the SEC championship game. Uh, I think Notre Dame is would would like to just not have that argument anymore and just be like, okay, well, we're playing this first round game and we'll move on. And if we win, we'll play the four seed and we're probably better than the four seed anyway. So I, I think Notre Dame played this very smartly. I think they have all the access they want. Uh, I think they're in a situation where their independence is probably even more fortified than it was before. I mean, they tried out a conference life last year and they're like, yeah, it's all right. <laughs> I could, I could live without it. We're okay. Going back to this independent lifestyle. So I, I just, I'm curious your thought. Should the ACC have done anything last year to use that leverage point on Notre Dame or do you think that would have backfired do you think if they go hey you can join our, our league for this year but you, let's take this uh, joining full-time a little bit more seriously or you think the Irish would have been like hey no we'll we'll play BYU 11 times and just avoid this situation and, and not have to deal with a conference yeah Andy you're reading my mind between the grain of rights of this because I've, I've been making some calls on this as well because that's been a popular hypothetical talking point right like oh the ACC had them and they let them off the hook like why'd they do that uh the early returns I get is, yeah, that sounds a lot better in hindsight, but like, how would that realistically have played out, right? Like, you don't think you want to see the numbers for ESPN for a Notre Dame Clemson ACC title game versus a Virginia Clemson ACC title game, uh, among you know many other ways. This was a financial boon for the ACC. Like the ACC, especially in a pandemic year where everyone was hurting for money, would have been stupid to to basically possibly lose that Notre Dame relationship um, or, or severely uh, harm it. Um, so that that's part of it that I think gets lost in this. The other part of it, I don't know how that plays out when John Swafford, the commissioner at the time, had already announced in the summer this was going to be his last year and he was retiring. And they did not, did not announce who his successor would be, uh, Jim Phillips, until I think, uh, I guess it would have been December, but it was the end, end of the football season. So I don't know how that would even been like enforced by the league without with the basically a leadership gap because you were going through a transition period uh with your commissioner then so there are i mean it's it's a fun hypothetical it's fun to play out in hindsight but i just don't know how that would have been and like you said like i, I get why Notre Dame did it because it looked for a while like everyone was going to go conference only and they would have had a much tougher time scheduling but they would have figured it out i mean they, they, you know, people want to play Notre Dame because they know um, what that does for you financially, both stadium wise, well, maybe not a pandemic year, but you know, at least uh, in TV wise, like that is a marquee game, no matter where it is um, for the viewership. So I think they would have figured it out, but you know, it, it's fun to play what if, especially as the ACC, like everyone else, sits on pins and needles right now trying to figure out what happens next. I mean, I get it, but I just I don't know how that would have played out. I would have loved to have seen Notre Dame just be like, fine, we'll go it alone. And then all the like coastal Carolinas. Liberty did it. <laughs> yeah, Liberty, like Liberty would have died to play Notre Dame. And they would have stepped up and put together actually a pretty interesting schedule, I think, uh, in that situation. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So we're in agreement. Notre Dame is the only school that really would make sense. 
for realignment right now. I mean, it, it, it's the only one that would make a financial impact. Like ESPN would take notice if Notre Dame came to the conference. Uh, looking at the other schools that people always bring up, West Virginia, Cincinnati, Kansas, UCF, Navy, I mean, they, every school that's not in the Power 5 conference right now or in the Big 12 that's about to not feel like a Power 5 conference, people will mention them. Uh, do any of these schools... Uh, seem attractive to you for the ACC even even like I don't think they would need to bring in two uh, if they you know if somehow Notre Dame joined I don't think you have to bring in another one to go to 16 you could probably just go hey we'll go with Notre Dame and that's it I don't think that's going to happen but does any school out there move the needle at all or interest you at all not really within the context of what we're talking about which is why would you add a school and that's to make yourselves financially whole and better position yourself. Like I, you know, um, Nicole Arbach and, and Alan Taylor, our colleagues wrote a, a story on West Virginia's kind of pitch to the ACC. And you read that and it makes perfect sense. Like it's very easy to, to talk yourself into um, picturing an ACC with West Virginia in it. Um, geographically, it makes sense. Um, competitively, I mean, you know, they, they have one of the biggest, they would have one of the biggest stadiums um, within the ACC if they were to join. Um, Jim Clements, the current Clemson president, came from West Virginia. Shane Lyons, the current West Virginia athletic director, worked for many years in the ACC office. Like, fit-wise, it's there. Financially, though, like, they're not going to make the ACC whole. The ACC is already hurting financially. They're not going to add um, a, a school that's just going to further divvy up that, that pot for everyone else. Like, I, I don't think West Virginia, with all due respect to them, like, I don't think ESPN's sitting there thinking, oh, well, we, we better lock up the ACC right now and give them more money um, because they got West Virginia. Like, it's just not going to work that way, I don't think. So Notre Dame is, is you know, the golden goose, if you will. Um, I, I don't know really who or what else is feasible because I don't, you know, no one's jumping from the Big Ten. No one's jumping from the SEC, obviously. It's interesting because as we talk, you know, our Max, our colleague Max Olson reported that George Klavkov, the Pac-12 commissioner, was meeting with Bob Bowlesby, the Big 12 commissioner, today about potentially a scheduling alliance or, or some sort of arrangement. And honestly, reading that, that would scare the hell out of me if I'm the ACC. Because if the Pac-12, like if the Big 12 is going to step up on you with another conference, because I think we all naturally assume Pac-12, Big 10, they got that Rose Bowl relationship. If anyone joins forces, it would be those two. If the Big 12 is doing that with the Pac-12 and the SEC is stable and the Big 10 is stable, then what do you do in ACC, right? Like as far as like who's your – Who's your brother in arms here? Like, who's, who's going to help you? Um, and, and that would give me pause because I think we heard the rumors when Jim Delaney was, was around, maybe 2012 or so. There were rumors of the Big Ten maybe looking to get to North Carolina and Georgia Tech and other parts of the country. And is that still on the table? I don't know. I have no idea. But, like, that's got to be crossing your mind as a worst-case scenario right now if you're the ACC, however financially feasible that may be or not. So, um Anytime I see someone doing something that doesn't involve me, if I'm the ACC, my radar's up, and I'm going back to the drawing board and thinking, what do I got to do here? Just because it's such an unstable time, there's so many moving parts, and inaction is basically moving backwards at this point because things are moving so fast. Yeah, I'm curious what you can do as the ACC. I saw Jay Billis was on the other day and he, his idea was, I say that if you're the ACC, you go to the SEC and you propose a merger. <laughs> I'm like, if I'm the SEC, what do I want right. with the ACC? I think I wrote my mailbag this week. It's like, that's me asking Jeff Bezos if we can merge our <laughs> bank accounts. There's no way that's happening. 
can it be done with a scheduling alliance? I know there's a lot of overlap in, in rivalries between those two leagues. I feel like if you're the ACC, what you need to do is just maximize everything you can with your league revenue. And obviously that's getting a Comcast deal done. I think you've got to look at playing more than eight conference games. You've got to stop scheduling two or three games a year that just nobody cares mm-hmm. about. I mean, they're leaving stuff on the table right now that, you know, I, I guess the it sounds like the SEC will go to nine games once this thing happens. Uh, but you know, I feel like the ACC just has to make itself more attractive, and I don't exactly know how. I think that's the predicament of this whole thing. It's like they're kind of left without many good options. Yeah, it wasn't a pretty situation that Jim Phillips walked into. And I know the Pac-12, pre-two weeks ago, before the world started spinning with Texas and Oklahoma going to the SEC, um, I always thought people like to rag on the Pac-12 and competitive, competition-wise, deservedly so. But I thought the Pac-12 was in a lot less dire straits than everyone else. I thought George Klavkov, for as much of a mystery as he is, coming from a, a different world other than college athletics, um, I just thought with that TV deal coming up, um, with USC eventually going to get better, with basketball reestablishing itself, both on the men's and women's side um, in the tournaments this past year, I just thought the Pac-12 was going to be in better shape than the ACC. Um, you look at it now, um, and like we were both in Charlotte at ACC Media Days a couple weeks ago. Um, we've heard Jim Phillips speak about the importance of football. We can't dance around that anymore. Like that's our moneymaker. We need to emphasize that more. I know he got on the good side of a lot of ADs and coaches by uh, forming a football subcommittee to talk about issues. And I wrote a story on that and it was in some ways surprising, some ways not surprising to hear so many coaches basically on the record be like, we've never had this before. Anytime we bring up an idea, it just gets filed off to a drawer somewhere and no one ever hears from it again. Now there's substantial conversations about everything involving the state of the game within our league and how we can improve it. And by all accounts, Dabo Sweeney has been a very big advocate for that as well. Because if you're Dabo, as we saw with his playoff take, like you could just look out for Clemson. You're going to be fine because Clemson's Clemson. Um, so for him to try to get the rest of the league on par with them, or at least better, I think is, is a step in the right direction. And I, I counted three different ACC network setups at ACC kickoff. I don't know if I ever remember seeing more than one. Um, as far as TV uh, stands that, that players and coaches are being filtered to and, and speaking at. And they're, they're doing their camp promotions this month where they're doing a road trip, going to every single campus at least once. Um, they're announcing some pretty big games, Notre Dame, Virginia Tech, one of them, that will air on the ACC network. I think they're doing all the little things right internally to promote football and make everyone realize that football is first, second, and third among our priorities here. But as you mentioned, like – those are, you know, those are paper cuts, right? C- compared to like the the type of financial uh, blow that that can happen when the SEC, which is already lapping you financially, adds two blue bloods in Texas, Oklahoma, and that's where the real challenge is for Jim Phillips and the ACC is bridging that revenue gap. And I, I don't know what can be done. Obviously, you know, we'll talk about Notre Dame until the world ceases to exist or Notre Dame joins a conference, whatever happens first. I don't know at this point, but that's going to be a talking point as long as they're out there, especially for the ACC. But I don't know what that next step really is for them. Um, Expansion-wise, revenue-wise, whatever it may be, like there just aren't a whole lot of options out there to make them whole. Yeah, the, I, I've always thought the ACC has been in a tough spot. And, you know, John Swafford takes a lot of crap from people about the TV deal that he signed up. But you, you play the hand you're dealt. 
And, you know, TV deals come around because of football. And the ACC football has just not been as good of a property as it is in the SEC and the Big Ten. I mean, you have these crazy fan bases in the SEC that are just rabid about it. You have these huge land-grant schools across all of the Big Ten. And then you have the ACC. It's sort of this mix of public and private and big and a lot of small schools. And a lot of them obviously focused on basketball more. So it's a really tough situation to step into. And I don't necessarily know uh, if there's an obvious answer. I'll end it on this with you uh let's go six years out six years out from now give me a prediction of what the acc looks like is it uh the same deal it is right now is it expanded by something give me a give me a hot take so i can put this out there on twitter (laughs) and freezing cold freezing cold takes can look at it six years from now we can all make fun of you does does it matter if Dabo's still clemson (laughs) competitively it's going to be the same probably as it is right now um 2027 wow See, now I'm like, I want to like throw that back on you and be like, who's coaching Virginia Tech then? Who's coaching Virginia? You know, there's so many hypotheticals. Oh, man, I have no idea. I don't even know who's coaching Virginia Tech J- next Jim Beheim will still be at Syracuse. That's my only guarantee That's for true. 2027. Still complaining about Greensboro. That's, that'll be <laughs> well, right here. I say they won't be in Greensboro in 2027. I think Jim Phillips will have moved the offices by that. I think he's going to have to for TV purposes uh, and marketability purposes. But as far as what the AC actually looks like, I mean – I think Mark Emmer a couple weeks ago coming out essentially saying like the NCA maybe should take less of a hand in some regulatory issues and enforcement issues and things of that nature. Uh, now, of course, he said that after the ink was dry on his contract extension, but um, I think that's not insignificant. I think Greg Sankey has been the biggest public and private kind of anti-NCA guy there is, at least among people in those commissioner chairs. He's obviously the straw that's stirring the drink in terms of realignment by getting Texas and Oklahoma to come to the SEC and setting off this next game of musical chairs. Um, six years from now, I mean, you know, this sport and college athletics as a whole were really made a name for themselves by moving incredibly slowly, doing anything, whether it was the BCS, the playoff, you name it. And in this post-2020 world, things seem to be happening so much quicker that I, I could see things being completely different in 2027. Like I, I could see the power fives and maybe a select few others breaking off and doing their own thing. I could see them, you know, taking the NCAA tournament away from the NCAA and running their own thing, which would be, I think, a nightmare as far as like what makes that tournament so special and why ratings are so high. Uh, but but I, I, I just think the college sports world will look completely different in 2027. And whether... The, I, 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 the schools in the ACC will be a part of that, I think. Whether the ACC is a power four, three, two, one, whatever conferences power, we refer to as a power conference six years from now, um, I don't know, but I think those schools will be a part of it. But I, I really think the college sports world is going to be night and day uh, in 2027 from what it is in 2021. All right, we're holding you to that. If it's not night and day compared to what it is now, we'll come back to this podcast and you'll have to pay some sort of fine or something like that. I think that's how it works. A grant, a grant of right, I'll have to pay the grant of rights through 2036, which I clear, right. clearly yeah, can afford. Penalty. Well, Matt, this has been great. Uh, I appreciate you coming on here. I mean, it, man, do we have football to talk about next time? <laughs> i got to have you back on the podcast so we can talk about some actual football. But I did want to hit this realignment topic now. Uh, you've been covering a great. Our whole site has been covering a great. Uh, go follow Matt on Twitter at Matt underscore Fortuna. I'm looking forward to this uh, 
school draft, realignment <laughs> draft thing. I'm sure that we'll have no hot takes in the comments section about that. No, of course not. I, again, Duke going to the fifth round. Kansas won, I think, in the last round, as did Baylor. Or they went close to it. I think that says what you need to know about the sport of basketball right now, unfortunately. Like, it's just not – like, have you have you heard one basketball coach, men or women, give a comment publicly about any of this? I'm not saying they haven't. I'm just saying I haven't heard it. No, because nobody cares what yeah. they have to say about it, unfortunately. Yeah. Coach K knew what he was doing, but he ended up a few weeks before. <laughs> it was a smart smart time to get out. So. Roy Williams as well. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, Matt, for joining us, and we'll have you on later on uh, this season. Thanks, Andy. All right. Thanks again to Matt. That's going to do it for this episode, everybody. Thank you for joining us on this. Uh, like I said before, we're going to get back into this, start doing this weekly, hopefully twice weekly, uh, get some special guests in here that can uh, really bring some interesting perspective uh, to the ACC in the football season. If you haven't yet, go rate and review the show uh, on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast. That helps us get the word out. We'd love to grow an audience really large this fall now that we have an actual normal season and not a pandemic season. Uh, hopefully that'll help along with that. And go subscribe to The Athletic. Uh, you can listen to this ad-free on there. Go to theathletic.com slash pod. Go see what kind of deal we have going. I never know exactly the kind of deal we have going, but there's probably a deal uh, if you go to that site. Follow me on Twitter at AndyBitterVT. We'll be back to do this again next week. Music.